podcast one production. I'm Sammy Lucas and I'm romantically challenged. Have you ever been on a date with someone and you had a great time, you thought it went really well, you're looking forward to seeing them again, and then either they disappear or they actually tell you, no thanks, not interested in seeing you again, and you're left wondering, what happened? What went wrong? What did I do? My guest, Sarah, is a journalist who has spent the last 10 years dating and writing about dating, and she says she's never asked anyone for feedback after a date. But should we? Would you really want to know why someone doesn't want to see you again? How can you become better at dating if you don't know what went wrong? And maybe if we all gave each other feedback, it might bring some of the decency back to dating. Here's Sarah. My name's Sarah Swain. I'm a journalist. I'm in my late 30s. I enjoy horse riding, theatre, holidays and cats. I have a cat called Prince Harry, just the one so far. I've never been married. Um, My ideal partner would be funny, thoughtful, cosmopolitan, healthy and financially solvent, ideally. Dating in my 30s has been frustrating. I feel like online dating has totally screwed up people's expectations. But I still believe there's somebody out there for me. For now, I'm just getting on with my life, doing my own thing. But, you know, hopefully he'll come along at some point. I'm so looking forward to this chat, Sarah. Thanks for coming in. Tell me first of all about Prince Harry. Oh, my favourite subject, <laughs> Prince Harry is... Mine too, but I think for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> now, Prince Harry is my cat. He's ginger. And I must point out that I did not actually name him Prince Harry. The rescue place that I got him from in Penrith named him Prince Harry. But it suits him perfectly because he's very spoiled, thinks he's a bit posh. And um, yeah, but he's he's my baby and he's gorgeous. Oh, how old is he? <laughs> he's three. So you're single... Never married, no kids. It's hard to describe to people who who are not in that situation what our fur babies mean to us, isn't it? It is, isn't it? It really is. Yes. And people go, oh, you're a crazy cat lady or you're a crazy dog mum. But, I mean, yeah, I am and I make no excuses (laughs) for it and there are no words to describe the love I have for my baby because when you're single at this age, it's just so lovely to have that companionship. Absolutely. Somebody waiting for you when you get home who's going to be happy to see you. What could be better? And they don't, you know, they might demand a little bit, but, you know, you don't have to clean up after them, literally, like you maybe would do. I do with my dog a bit. (laughs) But did you get Prince Harry at a point when you kind of realised you weren't going to have kids or decided not to have kids? No, not particularly. Um, I'd always wanted a cat, so it was just something. You know, I was settled, I'd bought an apartment and, you know, I could do what I wanted, of course. So, yeah, I just always wanted one. So, yeah, it wasn't really um, in response to maybe... I don't know, maybe it's too late to have children, maybe it's not. But yeah, I definitely feel like it's brought out my nurturing side a little bit as well, which maybe, you know, I didn't have anything to look after before and now I do, which is cool. Just while we're on the fur babies, has it ever been a deal breaker on a date? Because I've had it a few times, like just recently on a date and a guy said to me, 
Oh my God, you're not one of those <gasps> women who calls your dog your fur baby, are you? Oh, no way. And I said, yeah, we should probably get the check. Yes, this, this let's isn't going to work. Leave now. And then he kind of backpedaled, backpedaled. But um, it's happened to me a couple of times. <laughs> okay, tell me about your relationship history because obviously you've got an English accent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you came here as a backpacker, I believe. And, and what happened from there? I did. So I came here as a backpacker. It must be about 12, maybe a few more years ago, around 12 ish years ago. So I came over with my partner at the time from the UK. He was British. I'd always wanted to come travelling. I persuaded him to do it as well. So we came over together. We were here for two years. Um, So we stayed quite a while. Eventually, he was the one who wanted to go back to the UK. So I reluctantly was dragged home and um, went back to live in Scotland, which was freezing cold. Um, And things didn't really work after that, partly because, you know, I probably resented a little bit the fact that I'd been dragged home from sunny Sydney to live in freezing cold Glasgow. And um, so things kind of broke up for other reasons as well. And so that was probably about 10 years ago now. And I have not had a serious proper relationship since then. I've dated guys, I've, you know, had various things, but not something that, you know, you would seriously call, you know, yeah. a serious relationship. So when that relationship broke up, did you jump on the first plane back to Sydney? No, this is the thing. I couldn't get a visa. It took seven years for them to process my visa. <laughs> <laughs> so it was quite frustrating. I kind of moved on a little bit, but it was always in the back of my mind. In the meantime, um, I got sick of the cold weather in Scotland, moved to Dubai. So that was a very interesting experience. And I, of course, dated in Dubai as well. Um, What's that like? Well, it's a very expat environment. So it's not that different actually from Sydney, even though obviously in the Muslim community, dating, like you're not allowed to date. It's not a thing that you can do, but it's it's quite liberal, obviously, compared with a lot of places in the Middle East. So, you you know, you go to nights out, you go to clubs. I would say I probably dated British, American, Australian But yeah, it was kind of similar to everywhere, really. But I guess people aren't there forever. So maybe there's that idea that people are not going to be around forever. So they may be not looking for something serious. But then having said that, lots of people move to Dubai and get married and have kids there. So So how would you say Aussie men compare to other nationalities on the dating front? On the dating front, to be honest, I haven't noticed a massive difference. I think we're so international these days. We all go online. We all use the same dating apps, whether you're in New York or London, anything. One thing that I would say about Australia that I've noticed or that I I think is while men might be similar, there's lots of hot women in Australia that there maybe aren't in the UK because we have this outdoor lifestyle. Everybody goes to the beach. Well, not everybody. A lot of people go to the beach looking good, looking glamorous is important for a lot of people. Not everybody. But, you know, I think sometimes men think they want that Australian bikini girl on the beach yeah. when they're fat and 40 and they're never going <laughs> to Do you reckon Aussie men could be the duds of the dating world? I think a lot of it depends on the guy. I mean, lots. I have friends who've moved here from the UK and met and married Aussie men. I have friends who've moved here and met British expats over here. So I think it really depends on the guy. I mean, they do have this thongs and beer kind of image. And in my experience, the last guy that I dated for maybe about three months before Christmas... He really just wanted to play sport and drink beer with his friends. Like, literally, he was like, I don't have time to see you because he played sport every night, wanted to hang out with his friends and drink beer 
which is fine, but you can't have everything. You can't play sport every night and have a girlfriend. So I was like, well, I'm not just going to hang around until you finish playing a sport for the season and finish drinking beer over Christmas. But there might <laughs> be some women who would kind of love that their guy plays sports. So you've yeah. got to hope there's a lid for every pot or this whatever. This is but true. Yeah, maybe they'll go watch them every night. Yeah. No. I think that Aussie men do kind of get classified as yobbos to a degree, but look... As I said, I've travelled the world and there's yobbos in every culture. Mm-hmm. One thing I have noticed, and I don't know if you've noticed this, is a lot of Australian men don't want to pay and on a date in any other country I've been to, the man would be horrified. Really? If I reached into my wallet. Yeah. I can't think of an experience in any other country where a man has allowed me yes. to pay on a date. This is true. and What's I that do. About? Well, I do believe that. Men should pay on a first date. They should pay, but obviously you offer because that's a nice thing to do, right? And I know a lot of dating coaches, there's one in particular that I've interviewed called Sammy Wonder, and she's like, no, don't even offer. Like, men should be paying. You should not put your hand in your pocket. Why? What's the... Because I've heard so many theories on this. Yeah, and I, you she know, believes, <sighs> you know, that men sh- should, you know, want to pay and want to kind of take care of you. Not that she's saying, you know, we need to be taken care of or anything like that, but she has lots of theories. Well, she believes that you should carry on dating until um, somebody asks you to marry them. So she has quite... Sorry, what? Wait, yes. oh my God, my head's spinning. <laughs> Let's go back to the pay thing first. Let's okay. just cover that because I think maybe what you're alluding to is something I read like decades ago. I used to have this debate with one particular girlfriend who she doesn't even go for the fake reach of the <gasps> wallet on a date. She's yeah. like, I just sit there with my arms crossed when the bill comes. Yes. And I'm like, that doesn't sit comfortably with me. No. I just, mm-hmm. I like... I'd like to offer. I'm not going to judge the guy if we split the bill. Mm-hmm. Um, it is lovely if a guy does pay, yes. but I think I'm a modern, independent, strong woman who can of earn course. more than enough to pay for my own <laughs> date. What is it that still there's that little part of me that's like, oh, I really hope that he does offer to pay? I know. It's crazy, isn't it? I think it's just inbuilt in us that we've been brought up as little girls that the guy is going to come and save us or something. Well, ridiculous. the theory I heard is not so much about saving, it's about the fact that if a man is on a date with you, mm-hmm. right, and he sees you as potential serious relationship mm. or marriage material, he straight away feels that nurturing, I want to, well, mm. not nurturing, but that I want to protect her. Yes. Whether that's right or wrong and you believe in that shit or not, he it's in a man's nature to feel like mm. I'm going to look after her and I that's why he wants to pay for you. And that really? gives you an indication that he's looking at you as more than just a shag. Mm -hmm. If he lets you pay in any way, shape or form, half or full or whatever, then he doesn't see you as anything more than just a potential shag. He doesn't really feel anything deeply for you. I don't know if I believe in that theory, but that's the one I heard. Who knows? It would be interesting to find out people on, you know, first dates who went on to marry their date, who paid. (laughs) Or, yeah, no, who let her pay. Yeah. There must be some people who... I can't believe we're still having this freaking conversation. isn't it? Yes. In this day and age. (laughs) What was the other thing that just blew my mind? It was the pain Oh, the engagement. Sammy Wonder believes that you should carry on dating until one of your 
guys that you're multiple dating asks you to get engaged. Sammy Wonder is a dating coach. She's she's in Germany and um, she's had quite a lot of press recently. She charges a lot for her dating coaching, as a lot of people do. Now, she believes in rotational dating, that you should find a few guys who you want to go out with, which is ridiculous because, you know, some of us can't even find one that we need to, that we want to go out with. But it's like another term for multi-dating. Exactly. But you are... You know, seriously dating maybe, say, three guys at a time and you carry on doing that until one of them gets serious enough that, you know, they talk about marriage, they propose to you and you should not agree to anything, you know, until they do that. And you can be sleeping with multiple guys? Well, this is a bit of a grey area because in some of her things that I've read, she she says, you know, it doesn't always work if you're sleeping with them. And like some some cultures... You know, it doesn't really work. They don't like it if you're sleeping with all these guys. But I can't see, you know, if you're seriously going out with somebody and you're getting, you know, a few months down the line, you you know, nobody's going to ask you to marry them at that point. So, yes, that's a bit of a, a strange one. Look, I'm all for multi-dating. There's, there's you know, pluses and minuses. Mm. But that theory, just continuing to do it, seriously with multiple mm. men until one asks you to marry them or you want to marry him. What about you asking him to marry you? Yes. But I guess it's <laughs> that theory that a lot of people perceive multi-dating as I'm going to multi-date until I find one I'd like to invest a bit more time in and yes. become a little more serious yeah. with. Which is fair enough. Yes. Yeah. So hers of having serious multiple relationships is the next step. Yes. What do you think about dating coaches? Oh. <laughs> For someone who's been dating as long yes. as you have. And I have obviously through my work I've interviewed lots of dating coaches I, I've written various dating columns over the years and, and obviously you know had the chance to speak to them uh, do you know what some of them have great things to say and some of them are great I know Matthew Hussey people will have heard of him <laughs> Sammy's rolling her eyes but I think he's popular because he's hot and I think Lots of women respond to that, obviously. I've been to see him a couple of times in Sydney. A lot of what he said is just common common sense. A lot of common sense that goes out the window when you have guys. You know, it's just reminding you, actually, you know, if somebody p- treats you badly, then get rid of them. <laughs> I think we need to have this, you know, we need to remember this. Um, oh, some of them, you know, are, are good. And I think if you are totally clueless, you have maybe low confidence. A lot of it's about confidence. A lot of it is just little tips maybe to improve your confidence if you're going on a date, you know, do's and don'ts. But they can't find you a guy. Nobody can do that. Nobody has the answers. And I actually spent a while thinking one of these people has the answers to me, for me. And then I realised, actually, even if I spend however much amount of money that some of them charge, nobody has the answers. I've yet to read anything from any dating coach that has really blown my mind. No. Or mm-hmm. been life-changing. Absolutely. Maybe that'll change. If you're Who a knows? dating coach and you've got something to share, then let us know. Yes. Yeah, maybe you'll teach us something. <laughs> You've had 10 years of dating. You spend your life, a good part of your career, writing about dating. You've attended every type of dating event. You've tried (laughs) every type of dating app. You've dated across three continents. Yes. (laughs) Why do you think you haven't found love? Oh, gosh. Who knows? It's a million-dollar question. 
I think um, obviously I've moved around a lot and it's hard to, you know, build up your network again and meet new friends and meet people to go out with and go to things with where you're going to meet guys when you're moving to a new country because, you know, a lot of people have lived in the same place their whole life. They have this massive network. They, you know, they don't need to make a lot of effort. So I think that is part of it. And obviously my singledom has also coincided with the rise of apps. And I think that has been a massive thing. I, I really do think apps have screwed up dating. It's changed people's expectations. It's allowed people to be more fussy, guys and girls. But obviously I'm a girl, so I'm going to say it's allowed guys mm-hmm. to be more fussy. I think a lot of it is luck as well. You know, some people just have a run of bad luck. I think I've been unlucky enough to have that. I mean, I, you know, you do wonder, is there something wrong with me? You know, if you read all the comments on when I wrote the dating column, many guys decided that there was something wrong with me. I was too old, too fat, too fussy. You know, there was, you know, people just didn't like me. I was just a horrible person and all that. But you can't listen to that. We can't oh, believe God, that there's some something wrong with faceless person writing a comment on your story. Absolutely, oh, yeah. Shut the fuck up, what I, know, I say. Right? Um, I just realised as I was asking you that question, oh, why do you think you haven't found love? You know, and I had this long Uh intro to it. It's basically like saying, so why are you single? And I I don't know know about you, but every time I hear that, honestly, a little part of me dies inside. I'm so over it. And now I'm kind of embarrassed that I I basically asked you that question. (laughs) It's your job. It's fine. (laughs) How do you feel when people ask you that? Oh, I feel kind of a little bit angry because obviously it's usually asked by people who are not single, (laughs) who've maybe been married for 20 years. They have no idea what it's like out there. They have no idea how much effort you have to put in. You know, you have to drag yourself to the pub on a Friday night in case you might meet somebody. Not just in case you might meet somebody, but just because, you know, you have to be social. Because you got your mother's voice in the yes. back of your head going, he's not going to come knocking on your door, exactly. love. you no. got to get out there. Yes. Well, That's not might, how my mother but, speaks. Know. I don't know why I just did that. She sounded 104 and she's not. Oh. But, yeah, it really is frustrating, isn't it? And it's frustrating as well that you kind of have to justify. I read a great quote on Instagram that said, um, Stop asking me why I'm single. Uh-huh. I don't ask you why you're married. Exactly. <laughs> why are you still with this guy that you don't really like that much? <laughs> I wish I had the balls to actually say that to I someone know, right? next time yeah. I ask, why are you single? Um, do you think you become more or less selective the longer you spend as a single lady? I think you you do and you should become more selective because I think maybe if you're freshly single, you just want to go out and date people, right? And maybe not dating the right people. You'll go on a date with, you know, almost anybody who asks. But I'm conscious that um, I read somewhere, you know, you should go on less dates, not more dates because you've got to filter these people. We can all go on Tinder and find a date for tomorrow night if we wanted to, but is it going to be with a decent person who meets what we're looking for, meets our values and all that, probably not. So you need to screen constantly. One thing that I do that a lot of people are surprised at is generally I try and get the guy to call me on the phone and have a conversation before I commit to actually meeting him. Because I think you can just tell so much. I mean, you can't tell everything. You can tell so much though, just by having a quick chat on the phone. Number one, if he actually calls you and is not too scared to call you. Mm -hmm. Most of them generally do. A few of them don't. And I'm like, well, you know, if you if you haven't got the balls to make one little phone call when I've already said that I will go out with you, you know, you're not having to cold call me and ask me out. I've said, yeah, let's go out, give me a call to arrange. And then you can just tell so much. You can tell so much by the way that they speak. I am um, not that there's anything wrong with the way that people speak, but sometimes it can be quite off-putting. I once um, was speaking to, he was actually 
a surgeon online and he called, I met him on one of the apps and he called me and he just sounded so bogan, if we're allowed to say that. It was just, it wasn't the way that he spoke. It was some of the things that he said that I just, it was like bogan language and it was the strangest thing ever because this guy, like I'd Googled him, he generally was he really a surgeon. He really was a surgeon yes, and you kind and of I'm expected. Sure he was amazing. So you thought he might sound a bit more educated yes, or something, did you? Just, just some of the phrases that he used were just bizarre and yeah, I didn't end up meeting him. He could have been the love of my life. But you I, turned him down yes. after that phone conversation. Well, he did not literally ask me out. He was like, oh, well, you know, let me know if you want to go out. He didn't make a plan, so he kind of left it open. And I think maybe he, I can't remember if he even texted me after or whatever, but I just kind of left it because I just really wasn't sure. And in my experience, if I have not had a phone call with the person... That's always terrible and I always wish that I hadn't met them and I wish I'd made them call me. But I kind of think that first conversation is always so awkward and even, you know, a first date, like a, a therapist that I spoke to on the podcast actually, Rachel, mm-hmm. is amazing, had said to me, Sam, I really think you should always go on more than one date. I mean, unless he's an axe murderer or he's racist or homophobic or something blatantly, (laughs) like, wrong. If there's any kind of connection and you're attracted to him, then you've got to sort of overlook first date nerves and anxiety and awkwardness and they don't kind of relax into it until maybe the second or third date. I absolutely agree with that, going on the more than one date, but my experience... Guys just disappear after one date. They don't give you that chance. I find that maybe in 70% of first dates that I go on, you know, I had a nice time. I maybe am not totally keen to marry this guy, but I would go for another drink with him. And I would say most of the time that happens, maybe 80% of the time that that happens, I never hear from them again. Why? I My theory is, you know... I can't see that there's anything majorly wrong with me. I don't think that I'm acting like a crazy person on a date. But my theory is that there's just so much choice out there that they maybe think, oh, yeah, Sarah was nice. You know, I had a good time. But I'm going to go back on Tinder and Bumble because, you know, it was fine. But I might find somebody better out there. I didn't feel a spark. I have had that feedback that, you know, I just didn't find a spark. And, yeah, you might get that on a first date, but you might not. And sometimes I feel like we need to put in a little bit more effort. Do you ever feel like you want to ring the guy and say, well, wh- why don't you want to have another I date? Like, do. do you follow up yes. and then they say, no, I don't want to oh, see you again? It kind of depends. It kind of depends. Sometimes I don't hear from them again. I'm like, whatever. Sometimes they'll maybe half-heartedly kind of arrange a second date and it'll never happen. And I'm like, okay, let's just forget this one. But I had one recently. I went on a date with a teacher. He met me after work. He made me walk miles to this pub that he said was close to my work. But anyway, it wasn't close to my work. But I walked there anyway. And um, we had quite a nice night. It was a cool pub in in Sydney somewhere. Um, We had a couple of glasses of wine. There was a band on. Like We seemed to have a lot to chat about. He'd spent some time in the UK, I think. So, you know, conversation was good. He was going to do some school camp thing soon. So, you know, we were chatting. We walked back to the station together and he was like, oh, yeah, it was fun. We should do something again. I'm like, yeah, totally. Never heard from him again. And I was like, you know, I I wasn't desperate to marry this guy, but I thought, you know, second date might be fun. He seemed like a decent guy. And so I texted him and I, you know, I was like, well, I've got nothing to lose, whatever. I said, oh, you know, how was your school camp, whatever. I just wondered, you know, let me know if you still want to have another drink. And about three days later, he replied and said, oh, you know, hope you're doing okay. Um, I've had to think about it. And I think 
maybe not, but, you know, good luck. <laughs> yeah, and then did you text him back and go, why not? No, I nearly did, and I wish I had. I actually wish I had, but I'd, like, deleted his message. Because, but then do we really want to hear why not? I don't know if that is a good thing or a bad thing. Are you going to, you know, it depends what kind of person you are, I guess. You don't want to hear why not? I kind of do, but then if it's something, you know, that I can't change, what do I do? If it's someone I cared about or thought, yeah, I feel like there could be something between us, I would like to know what it was about me that you didn't feel because you weren't feeling the same thing I was feeling. If it's a guy I'm not interested in, then I don't care. Exactly. And I think further down the line, if you've maybe been on two, three, four dates and, you know, had a bit of more of a connection with a person, you should definitely ask. But if, you know, one day I'm like, do I really want to go this... Do I really want to know this random guy from the internet's opinion of me when... Oh, no. You know what I mean? Like, what is the message that we should send to say, how do you say that without feeling and sounding like a lonely, desperate person? (laughs) To say, why? I don't know. Maybe we need to ask a psychologist, you know, and how to not... I don't think so much the question how to not take that on board and, you know, have a breakdown when he's like, oh, no, you know, you, you talk too much and, like, you're too, you know, too outgoing for me or something. Yeah, but like, that's just one person's opinion. Exactly. And I, I think I'm old enough and mature enough or maybe mm-hmm. just because I've worked in media for 25 mm-hmm. years and I've got a very thick skin yes. and it takes a lot yeah. to offend me. This is true. Um, maybe the, someone who hasn't worked in media for that long yeah. doesn't have quite the same resilience no, that I have. But girl, yeah. I would be, I'd rather know. Like, I'd really? be happy if he said, look, I just, your personality wasn't for me or yes. you're too old or you talk too much. <laughs> or I'd, Yeah, I think I'd like to know. Yeah, I'm kind of getting to that point now that I'm just like, you know, the next time this happens, I'm just going to be like, you know what? Although I did once on a date have somebody tell me that they didn't like me actually on the date. And that was horrific. That was a few years ago. What? How? <laughs> so this is Dubai, where um, a lot of the people in Dubai do get very spoiled by the lifestyle and quite entitled. They have maids. You commute everywhere by taxi because it's too hot to walk and the taxis are so cheap. You can go out drinking free champagne. Okay, so this guy anyway, who you're on the date with. Yeah, so I met a guy who I actually met him at the polo because these are the kind of things that you do in Dubai. And he actually lived in Qatar which is not that far away. So we kind of chatted on email a little bit. I think I was more keen than he was looking back, but he said he would come and visit for the weekend. Being a journalist, I had, you know, lots of hotel PR friends. So crazily, I got him a free hotel that he could review for the night because I'm nice Mm. like that and probably crazy. And so we met at a beach bar near my apartment. And, you know, he was cute. He seemed nice. He was a British expat as well, working in a similar career to me. So we had a few drinks. Um, my mum was visiting me at the time. So, you know, I'd left her to go out on this date. And um, so we had a couple of drinks at this beach bar. And one of my friends was randomly there sitting at another table. And, you know, I said hi to her. And then this guy was like, oh, you know, we should, we should go spend some time with your friend. And I was like, no, why would we want to do that? We're on a date. And so we didn't at that point. And then he kind of went to the bar to get some more drinks. And I kind of went to the bar with him and he said oh you know I, I'm not really feeling this and I was like okay you're not really feeling it this he was like yeah no I'm just you know I don't think anything's gonna happen here and I was like well really you know you could have at least have waited till you know the end of the day or the end of the weekend maybe you know as is usual who knows maybe I'd have gone back to his hotel room maybe I I, I would maybe I wouldn't who knows but yeah and 
it gets worse. I stomped off in tears. And so this friend who was in the bar with a couple of girlfriends, this was an afternoon, it seems that when I left, this guy then went over to hang out with my friend and her girlfriends. And I don't have this 100% confirmed and I don't really care. I think he went off with one of my friend's girlfriends and probably took her to the hotel room that I had arranged for him. Do you think he'd kind of spotted her while he was on the date with you? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. So I don't know this whole idea about honest <laughs> feedback on dates. Maybe save it until the end of the exactly. day. Exactly. Be a, a yes. polite Just be normal. person, mm. a decent person, yeah. and finish the date yes. and then say, look, I'm sorry, this isn't going to work this for me. This is true. But I have had some friends who say, you know, I say if I'm not having a good time on the date, I tell the guy and tell him why. I'm like, really? I would not have the confidence to do that. I would just rather say, oh, you know, I need to go kind of thing, bye. But that's the whole point of really a first date should only ever be a coffee or one drink because you've always got an escape. We can all sit and have a conversation for one coffee or one drink. This Mm -hmm. whole not giving people honest feedback about why you don't want to see them again, it's kind of turned into what's now known as ghosting for a lot of people, right? Like Mm -hmm. people were always doing it, but now it's just got this term. It has. It's got a name. (laughs) Called ghosting. Yes. And... I don't know, it kind of feels like you're being rejected. Yeah. But you were never with each other to begin no, with if you you've never only even been on one person, or two dates. But it is, it's a rejection. You you arrange to go on a date with somebody, you kind of, you know, expect to hear from them again. But I guess that's the closure that you never hear from them again. It's just if you want to get in touch and ask why. But I don't know, do you really want to know why some guy that you've only met once didn't like you? I don't know. Well, yeah, as I said, if I liked him... <laughs> And I thought I felt something. I'd be curious to know yeah. why he didn't feel something. Absolutely. And I could take it. We all need to start being a little... We, we need do, to bring right? the decency back into dating. Yeah, that's what is forgotten. Has it's a guy forgotten. ever asked you for feedback after a date? I don't think they actually have. No. As far as I can remember, I can't think that a guy has, you know, asked me out and said, do you want to go out again? And, and I've said no because whatever. I have to say. I wonder I wonder if they think that though if they don't hear from women again do they think well why or do they just not think <laughs> So you've really given dating and dating apps a red hot go mm-hmm. <laughs> by the sounds of it there's this term dating fatigue yes that's sort of doing the rounds now with people who have you know they got all excited about the bumbles and the tinders and the happens and whatever's and now they're kind of like oh where is <laughs> where is he this was meant to give yeah. me my man or my yeah. woman have you had dating fatigue? Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that that's nothing to, there's nothing wrong with that. I think some women feel like, oh my God, I need to keep going because he might be out there and I can't give up and I need to keep dragging myself out on a Friday night date. But no, it's fine to sit at home. You need to do that. And I've realized that over the past you know, few months that maybe lay off the apps, have maybe like a month break, a couple of months break, longer if you feel like it. I know some people you know, I've heard doing a year or whatever. But yeah, you absolutely need to do that because you just get a bit obsessed with it. And I think there have been points over the past few years where I've just become obsessed that every time I've left the house, I've been thinking about looking for guys. And I'm sure there's other women because it's everywhere now. All we hear about is Tinder, dating, you know, mm. 
people writing about dating, like dating TV shows, The Bachelor and all that kind of thing. It's just everywhere. So you haven't given up the idea of meeting someone in real life by the sounds of it. You don't, are you, you're not solely relying on the dating apps because I know some people are, like they don't even bother going out. No, I mean, I people. still do try and go out as much as I can, but I work shifts now as a journo. So it's pretty tough. I have to say I'm still, obviously, and I've still only been here in Sydney for almost five years. So I'm still trying to make new friends and go to events and think of activities that I can do to widen my social circle. And I think that's important, not just to meet guys, because you might meet great girls to go out with and meet guys as and well. And male friends. Yes, yeah. exactly. Who might have male friends or just be friends, because that's equally as important. But yeah, I, I think it's good to have a mix of both, but not to get obsessed with the apps for sure. I've written about this and that whole... Um, saying, people say, oh, you've got to stop looking for it oh, because that's when you'll find when, it. Oh, my gosh. You never stop no, looking. I'm no. sorry. And it's not in a desperate way like I'm out there, <laughs> is he around this corner? It's just, yes, if I'm standing at my coffee shop yeah. and a cute guy walks in and stands next to me, I might think, oh, yeah, okay, well, I wonder if he's single. Exactly. the ring. You yes. Because you never know. Of course. You have to keep your eyes open. You could meet someone. Mm-hmm. So it is not helpful for anyone to tell <laughs> single people to stop looking. But I'll tell you what has changed for me is because I, you just said something before when it's like Friday night, I've got to go out because mm. this could be the night I meet him. Yep. And I did go through that for probably a decade with mm-hmm. single girlfriends where we would literally force ourselves, yes. drag ourselves out. Oh, yeah. Come on, who's going? Who's up for it? You just need one <laughs> other girlfriend. We're just going to go and sit there and order a bottle of wine Absolutely. and wait and see who walks into the bar. <laughs> I mean, honestly, years oh, and years of yes. it. But, Sarah, I've just in the last, I don't know, maybe year, I've reached a point where I've actually given up even doing that. Yeah. Like, I... I can't be bothered. Yeah. I'm, I'm sick of actively putting myself into a situation where I potentially might meet someone. Yeah. If I'm going to catch up with a girlfriend, it is literally to catch up with a girlfriend mm-hmm. and it's not about potentially meeting someone. Yeah, sure, You, as I said, you always would notice if a cute guy comes in, but I'm not going out with no. the intention of meeting someone. I'm not forcing myself Absolutely. to go out. To look for someone. Yeah, and that sounds a lot healthier than forcing yourself to go out to look but again, for somebody. it's full circle because I've come <laughs> yeah. back to, I'm sitting on the couch with Lolly watching Netflix oh. and I'm going, well, you're not, he's not going to come knocking on your front door, <laughs> but I know that, but I don't care. But because- you could be sitting on the sofa on Tinder and, you you know, you might meet him on your sofa, you're just going to actually have to leave the house <laughs> to go out and at- actually meet him in real life. <laughs> at some stage. <laughs> Thank you for being so honest and sharing all your stories today. And, Thank you. And I really hope you find what you're looking for. Thanks so much. Romantically Challenged was presented by me, Sammy Lucas, in collaboration with Podcast One Australia. Sound production was by Matt Nikolic and the executive producer is Jenny Goggin. For more episodes, go to podcastone.com.au, download the Podcast One app or look me up on iTunes.